Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website's www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. And uh, we're ready for Psalm 119 today, as well as Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. Now, Psalm 119 is very long. It's something like 175 verses. And so we won't be getting through all of that today. Uh, but I, I think we're going to get through the first 45 verses or so. Yeah, 176 verses. Now, something interesting about Psalm 119, and some of your Bibles might make this obvious. Mine does. Um, the King James Bible that I'm reading from is it's broken up into eight verse sections, each section starting with a Hebrew letter uh, going through the whole alphabet. Um, so, for example, in my Bible, it says Aleph at the top with the Hebrew letter Aleph, eight verses, then it says Bet, eight verses, then it says Gimel, eight verses, so forth and so on. What's interesting and neat about this scripture, or about this uh, passage in Psalm, is that each section, actually, the, every if you're reading it like a Hebrew Bible, looking at it in Hebrew, every sentence starts with that letter. So, for example, the first eight verses start with the letter Aleph, each sentence, that is. Same thing with the next eight verses. Each sentence starts with the letter Bet, and so forth, and so on. And so, there's so much more that we could go deeper into, especially if you know Hebrew, so it might be something uh, that you could research on your own. I do want to read to you a couple little paragraphs um, one from the TSK cross-references and one from F.B. Meyer about this psalm. So here's what the uh, TSK cross-references says. It says, This psalm, which was probably composed by Ezra, is another of the alphabetical psalms. It consists of 22 parts, answering to the number of the Hebrew letters, every part being divided into eight verses, and each verse beginning with that letter, which forms the title of the part. That is, the first part of the eight verses with Aleph, the second with Bet, etc. It is an elegant, important, and useful composition, the chief subjects of which are the excellence of God's laws and the happiness of those who observe them. So one thing that we'll notice is that theme. This whole psalm is really about the the pleasure that it is to observe God's laws and to follow them and to and whatnot. Let me read to you the F.B. Meyer explanation real quick, and then we'll dig in. Here's what he had to say: This long and noble psalm is devoted to the praise of God's word which is mentioned in every verse but one, which is Psalm 119, verse 122. Probably, if we were to substitute the word will for word, we should not be far wrong. The earnest desire of the writer was that his will should be brought into blessed and unbroken union with the divine purpose in his life. In its structure, the psalm is elaborate and acrostic, in the original, each verse in a given section begins with the same letter, so that the 22 sections pre present the complete Hebrew alphabet. Uh, 
it needs to be often used to be understood and valued. Christentum, Ambrose, Augustine, and Luther have left on record high tributes of its worth. There are several key expressions which reoccur again and again, such as quicken and teach me thy statutes. It is interesting also to construct the psalmist's biography from his confessions. He had gone astray like a lost sheep. He was small and despised and had many adversaries and was like a bottle in the smoke. But he accounted God's will and service more than food or gold. And his one desire was to be taught to do that will. So there's a little introduction into Psalm 119. We're going to read uh, the we're going to read these the following sections: Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, and Vav. So 48 verses, and then we'll get into the Book of Hebrews. So without further delay, let's jump right in. Section 1, Aleph. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart, when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Bet. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Gimel Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thy my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Dalit My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways that thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so I shall talk of thy wondrous works. 
My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Hey, teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto the testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Vav, let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not thy word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Okay, that's where we're going to stop for today. The first 48 verses, sections Aleph through Vav. Oh, it's if you love the Word of God, then this psalm should speak to you in, in a really powerful way because every single section is about this. It is about loving God's ways, loving God's words, loving God's law. What does the Apostle John say? This is how we know that we love God, that we obey His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Quite the contrary, they're the opposite. I like verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So much there, so much to behold, so much to to love, but I just wanted to, to really think about that verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You want to be more righteous? Write God's word on your heart. Consume it every day. Alright. Let's move on because we're running short on time. Let's get to chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews. Uh, now remember, I gave you an intro last week. This was written to Hebrews, right? Jewish Christians. And that's why you're seeing so much focus on some of 
the Old Testament stuff. As an example, chapter 3 is reminding people of Moses and those who died in the wilderness, but exalting Christ, Messiah, above Moses, making them understand that, hey, Jesus was better than Moses, is bigger than Moses. But here's one important thing. You'll see the word if twice. Like, you belong to Christ if. These are important ifs that we need to take to heart. If you finish. If you finish. And one of the examples that is given is think about the people who were, they came out of Egypt. God did this great thing. Moses led them out of Egypt, but then they died in the wilderness because of unbelief. These are very, very important verses. So let's take a look. Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which we were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Please note, there's the first if I was talking about. He's saying, look, you're part of this whole thing with Jesus. If you hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. You have to finish this race of faith. Be careful that you do not fall into unbelief. Verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, provoked, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swear my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you harden through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. There's the other if. You are partakers of Christ. If you do what? If you hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. It's just saying the same thing, but in a different way. You have to keep the faith. 
all the way to the end. You have to finish. Don't be like the Israelites in the wilderness, the Hebrews in the wilderness, who fell into unbelief, whose hearts were deceived by sin. That's why it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 15, Why would it said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Please note, that's the second time that's been used. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Verse 16, For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. He's saying the only way to enter into that rest is through faith. Belief. You have to believe God. Chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise of being left us entering into his rest, if any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we know, or I'm sorry, for we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on his wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And then this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they do to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of a soul and spirit and the joints of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We were just talking about reading in that psalm, just about loving God's word and the power that it has. Let's read verse 12 again. For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And that is our study for this morning. There's many avenues that you could go down in studying some of these things that we've went over today, even in the book of Hebrews. But the thing that I wanted to focus on was about faith and God's Word. About writing the Word of God on your heart. About being in love with what He had to say. And the importance of staying on the path of faith and belief. You are partakers with Christ if you hold fast to the end. Beware lest you be like the Hebrews who fell in the wilderness. Who murmured and complained and fell into unbelief. And their carcasses died out there in the wilderness. I pray you've been blessed this morning by the podcast. And uh, I pray that it continues to just be a fountain of truth pouring into you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for praying. Thank you for supporting it. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.